Hey friends, welcome back to Real Talk with Rachel. I'm your host, Rachel Gilbert, and I am grateful and honored that you've chosen to tune in today. This show is a safe place you can come to hear relevant, engaging, and authentic topics to help you get real, live free, and pursue your God-given dreams. Thank you so much to those of you who have left reviews on Apple Music. I greatly appreciate those and I read each one. So if you have not done so, please do that today. Today's episode is brought to you by Joymail, the monthly newsletter I release that's full of resources that deliver a little bit of joy and some practical action steps into your inbox. To sign up, simply head to rachelgilbert.com, click the Start Here tab, and you can sign up for the newsletter right there. Hey, if you have ever struggled with being truly yourself, then you're going to love today's guest. Jamie Ivey is the creator and host of the popular podcast, The Happy Hour with Jamie Ivey. It's a central gathering place for talking about life and Jesus. Jamie told the raw, redemptive story that brought her to this place in her debut book, If You Only Knew. Now she's telling the story that keeps her going and frames her God-empowering message to women today. Jamie and her husband, Aaron, make their home for six in Austin, Texas. I had the best conversation with Jamie, so let's jump right in. Well, hello, Jamie, and welcome to the show. Ah, thank you. I'm so glad to be here. I am excited to have you here. I love to, in the beginning of the show, I always read the professional, beautiful bio of my guest. And so I wanted to ask you, what's maybe one random fun fact that we did not read in your professional bio? Oh, a random fun fact. My family would crack up that I'm telling this out loud to, you know, thousands of people. But I love mayonnaise so much that I have been known to dip chips in mayonnaise and then in salsa. And it's disgusting. I know I'm fully aware of it. I'm made fun of all the time in my household. But mayonnaise is like this product that I could use daily and not even eat a sandwich. Like I love mayonnaise so much. And that's not the best thing in the world. Yeah. What brand of mayonnaise? Well, I'm kind of bougie with my mayonnaise because I don't want just like mayonnaise that you squeeze out. Like just now I did make myself a sandwich today and it was like this lemon aioli mayonnaise. So I like avocado mayo. I I want good mayonnaise. Yeah. My sister recently introduced me to Dukes. Have you tried that one? Oh, yes. Okay. I'd never tried it before. I yeah, was not but... a big mayonnaise fan until I tried that. I was like, oh, okay. I love that. I love that. The, the fun facts are just my some, everybody's favorite part. In fact, recently I forgot to ask a guest the fun fact, and I had people messaging me. They were like, you didn't ask the fun fact. I was like, sorry. I love that. <laughs> sorry. That's what you're here for. Okay. No, <laughs> I'm glad to know I'm motivating you guys. Um, oh, my goodness. Okay. Well, I have a lot to get through with you in the very short amount of time that we have today. So we're going to just jump right in, and I want to talk to you about your newest book coming out. You want to talk to us about what that is? Yes, I would love to. It's called UBU. It comes out October 1st. And this is a message from me that it was birthed out of looking around. Per- I mean, I've been through this personally. I have not overcome anything. But looking around and saying, man, how many times in our life do we, especially as women, look around and think, I would be successful. I would be satisfied. I would be used by God if only I looked more like her. And I don't mean physically, although that might be some of it sometimes. But if I if I could communicate the way she did, if I could get on the floor and play with my kids the way she does, if I could forgive my husband like he does, and all those things are great things. But I look around and I think, man, we spend so many, so much of our time desiring what someone else has that we miss what God has put right in front of us. And so 
that's what birthed this you be you. I want you to be the woman that God created you to be. Yes. Oh, my goodness. When I got your book in the mail, because I actually I have a, a advanced copy of it, my heart leapt because that is, you know, it's interesting because I that is a message on my heart as well for women. And at first, when I saw that that's your book, I, I got so excited because I love when the Holy Spirit, it's like he has a common theme message that he starts imparting individually to people. And then as a community, we kind of come together and we're like, me too. Like, oh my goodness, that's so good. And so I just love that you are leading the way on this messaging. And I'm just curious, what made you start to really recognize it maybe in yourself and other people and where just that that fire just kind of started to burn in your belly of somebody's got to talk about this? Yeah, you know, it's nothing new for me. If I look back, like, you know, if I look back and think about my mothering, I'll, I'll talk about that for a second. If I look back and think about my mothering, I'm not a hands-on, get on the floor and do puzzles and make crafts type of mom. And for so many years, I would look at my friends who love that. I mean, they have craft hour and they've got the schedules that they stick to. And it's just so beautiful. And I would think I must not be as good of a mom. And I really had to come to grips with, I'm just a different mom. And those are just not the things that I love to do, but I love to do other things. I'm going to go out and play football with my boys. I love playing catch with my kids. And that makes me the mom that I am. When I think about it professionally, there have been so many times where I've looked around in the career that I'm in and gone, wow, her success seems so easy. Like maybe if I would just do those three things that she tells us to do on Instagram, I would be successful like her. And for me, I had to have a shift because I don't think success is wrong and I want to be successful. I hope your podcast is successful. I hope that everyone in their careers are successful. But I started to wonder who is setting the bar of success. Like who says what is successful? And again, there are, we all have like quotas we have to meet and whatever your job might be. But at the end of the day, I decided I want to be faithful. That's what I want to be. I want to be faithful with the job God's given me. I want to be faithful with the kids he's given me. I want to be thankful with the community that he's given me. I want to be thankful with the neighbor. I mean, faithful with the neighborhood that he's put me in. And so that shift for me and my heart, and I have to do this all the time, Rachel, is like, okay, are you looking for success that is set by somebody else? Or are you looking to be faithful with what God's asked you to do? And what I have found to be true is Choosing to be faithful is sometimes harder in the beginning because I'm like, oh, here's the five steps to be successful. If I do these, I'm in. But I found the further I get along in whatever it is, that faithfulness proves to be very, very um, content. It makes me happy. It brings me joy. So that's been my journey of getting here. And I think I think I'm not alone in this. Oh, no, you're not. I, I want to camp out on that redefinition of success. I recently, I'm working on writing my first book and I had a mentor of mine tell me, like at the very beginning of the process, he said, Rachel, you need to understand that success is obedience. Mm. <laughs> just that's it. Not numbers, not how many books you're going to sell, not all that is just straight up and exactly what you're saying, the faithfulness yep. part. So can you, like, I would love for you to expand upon that, like that, how do we redefine success in a culture that really looks so much at numbers and yeah. all the things? Yeah. I'll give you a practical example that is 
for my work that I do. And, and I'm a podcaster. And so about two or three years, I've been podcasting for about six and a half years, about two or three years ago, the place where I host my podcast, I'm going to try to make this where everyone can understand and not just you and I, because this is your world too. The place where I host my podcast, where I would see numbers every single week of how many people downloaded and listened to my podcast. All of a sudden they said, Hey, we've been calculating this all wrong. You actually only have this many downloads and mine went in half. Hmm. So that happened. And all of a sudden I went, well, I must not be successful anymore because I thought I was successful because I was having this many numbers. Well, now I'm down by half of that. So I think I might be a failure now. I think my show is a failure. And I kind of had a week or two of a big pity party of feeling like, well, I guess I should quit because I thought it was this. I thought it was that. And then I had to remember, like, I one of the things that I, I like talking with women about is, and I've done this when I talk about creating something, whether that's a book or a podcast or a shop on Etsy, whatever it might be, is when you think about creating it, I think you have to, you have to first figure out your, your why. Like, and I know that sounds so like, oh, what is your why? But for me, I had to figure out what's the purpose of my podcast. And so the purpose of my podcast would be to encourage women, inspire them and point them to Jesus. Three things. If you have an Etsy shop where you sell, you know, clothes for kids, what's your purpose? And so when I had that identity crisis of those two weeks of my pity party of I must be a failure, I had to remind myself, wait, but my purpose didn't change. Nothing about my purpose for creating a podcast changed right now, even though this company is telling me, oh, you have half the downloads. So for me, it's a matter of going, okay, what is my define why I'm doing something? So let's take like, you know, even like friendships, like what's my purpose in being friends and when the world tells me that it has to look a certain way, I can go, but that's not my, that's not my purpose to be this person's friend. You can do it with a mother and you can do it in a marriage. You can do it with all kinds of things is figure out why are you doing something? And then no matter what the world says, you can figure out, well, I'm being faithful. This is a success. Like your friend said, you know, obedience, your success is that you're obedient and that matters. Yeah. Oh my goodness, I love this so much. And I I I love when the enemy is is called out. Cause I feel like that's kind of what you're doing right now. Even, you know, for me, like you said, we're talking podcast terms and uh, clearly not everybody listening has a podcast or even knows what numbers mean and all right. that. But it's the same principle of I love that, you know, just a little bit ago, you were talking about how it's easy for me. It wasn't always as easy, but it is now to say, oh, I'm not a crafty person. I'm like you. I gave up on Pinterest birthday parties a long time ago. Like we're, we're buying store-bought decorations. Like that is not my gift. And I, I cheer on my girlfriends who are really good at that stuff. And I say, you go and I'm going to just enjoy your beautiful party and eat the food, you know, because <laughs> I'm uh -huh. good at that. And I'll, I'll, I'll be the conversation starter. Like that's my, that's my gifting. But it gets a little tougher when we are in the same lane. So like you and I, you would say we're in the same lane, right? We're both podcasters. You're several steps ahead me, but it's much easier for me to be like, oh, well, I'm not there though. So like you said, disqualify myself. Well, why am I even doing this then? Like my numbers aren't even anywhere near what she's talking about. And so then do you want to speak to that for a second where when we're in the same lane as somebody, you know, <laughs> I love this conversation so much because what you're really asking is, does my voice even matter when compared to your voice? Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Or why would, why does my show matter compared to someone else's? And, and you know, what's even funny is Rachel, I'm saying that about someone else. Mm -hmm. So there's mm -hmm. always yeah. that other person. Yeah. There's, you never get to the top of the food chain is what we're trying to say here. Yeah. There is no top. Like there's always somebody else that's doing it better, different, more likable, whatever it might be. And so for me, I, 
I want to emphasize that before I had a podcast, before I was writing books, before I was doing what I do now, I still had an important voice. Mm. And it took me a while to learn that. And I learned it in a little bit of a difficult circumstance in my life. But as I look back and I think, you know what? I, you know, I spent some years in our church, like teaching fifth grade Sunday school and I don't teach fifth grade Sunday school anymore. And I don't have time to pour in other fifth graders lives. Cause I have like four kids here that I'm pouring into, but I spent a lot of years doing that. And it would have been really easy for me to say at that time, you know what? I wish I was teaching women's Bible study. All I have are these fifth grade girls. It's on Sunday mornings. There's no applause. Nobody cares. I'm not signing books. If I were to look over at another girl in my church and go, wow, Amanda is teaching all these women and they think she's so smart and she hung the moon. But what I had to come to conclusion of, and this is so important that we get this, is that whoever is in front of you, whoever's listening to you, quality is so much more important than quantity. And I think that when we spend our lives comparing people in our same lane, what we're doing, whether that be mothering, teaching, your career, your neighborhood, your PTA, whatever it might be, is we're looking at the people who are listening to us, whether that be our children, our community, our podcast listeners, and we're going, guys, thanks for being here, but you're actually not very important to me. I wish I had all those other people. Because I think that we all have voice and we all have influence. And so how are we going to steward that well? And sometimes that means I'm going to actually trust God right now that me teaching Sunday school to fifth grade girls is exactly where you want me. And this influence and this voice matters. And I have to believe that and trust that and have to fight that sin of comparison and envy and all the things. And so it's difficult and it's hard. But I've also found that when you and I become cheerleaders for each other, being in the same lane, it's hard for me to cheer someone on and be jealous of them and compare with them because I want to be for you and I want you to be for me. And you can do that mothering, job, school teacher, whatever it might be. I want to see women really, really saying, I'm for you and for your success. Yeah. No matter so what good. it is. Yeah. It's so good. And I've learned even calling the jealousy out helps. And I know not, not in each other, but in myself. I've done this before. I will I've literally gone to somebody and said, I am so sorry. I've been jealous of you. And that is like mm-hmm. not from the Lord. Like, and that is again, it's calling the enemy out, being like, You you're not gonna because when it stays in our head and in our heart, that's where it has all the power. And then when mm-hmm. we'll just say it out loud, you know, in a safe place and you know, in a healthy relationship, and you can be like, I am so sorry. I've not been cheering for you. And I just rebuke that, that that spirit off of myself, even, you know, because yeah. it's yeah. going to come for us. And that's normal. I guess that's what I want people to know. It's normal for jealousy to come for us, just like any sin. It's normal for it to kind of come sit and be like, hey, would you like to partake with me today? And you get the decision to be like, nope. I'm not doing it, you know. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not hanging out there. <laughs> I think what you said by saying out loud is so important. I tell a story in the book about this is super embarrassing that I found someone else's podcast on iTunes and read all their bad reviews and found enjoyment in it. Mm-hmm. And when I got done, I felt so dirty. Yeah. Like, Because I wasn't like reading those bad reviews and sympathizing with them because listen, we all get bad reviews and they're not fun to read. Yeah. I wasn't doing that. I was reading them going, well, oh, she has more than me, you know, and I 
call, I didn't call that person because I don't know them, but I did call um, a friend and confess that because here's what happened. Had I not confessed it, I guarantee you, Rachel, three weeks later, I've been shown up on somebody else's podcast reviews, trying to make myself feel better. And so it is true. You got to bring that stuff into the light or Satan's like, I'm just going to sit here and play and we're going to play this game all day long. And I don't want that. I do not want that in my life. No. Yeah. That's so good. Okay. So back to a little bit of your book, you talked about experiencing when you landed your dream job by finally showing up as yourself. Do you want to talk about that for a minute? Yeah. When I started working at the radio station, I kind of alluded to this while ago. I, it's a it's a long story and it's a fun story, but I, I randomly won a contest and won a spot as a morning radio show host on an already well-established show here in Austin. And it was my first time to ever do anything. It was my first time I ever like spoken to a microphone. I mean, I was a stay-at-home mom before, which I'm so grateful for. I know that's a privilege. And so uh, it was fun. And I found what I kind of alluded to earlier is what I thought that I found my voice. It was such a fun job. I enjoyed it so much. It was this new me. It's why you love podcasting. It's why I love podcasting. I just love this way of communicating. And I found that then. And I had to I had to quit for some personal reasons at home. So I was only there for a handful of months. And that's when I was talking about earlier when I thought I had lost my voice. Like mm-hmm. I thought all of a sudden when I got the job, I thought I found my voice. Mm-hmm. I know my lane. I know what I'm doing. This is what I'm called to do, God. You have shown up and here I am, you know, 36 years old or no, no, 33, 32 years old, something like that. And after I had to quit, I really struggled with, well, I think God brought me like the greatest gift and I love this and I think this is my new job. And then he asked me to quit. I must not have a voice. And that's when I had to learn those lessons of my voice didn't arrive the day I got that job at the radio station and my voice wasn't any better the day that it was broadcast to thousands of people, it was just different. It had a different medium, but that voice was, I was doing the same thing at that job that I've been doing for years. It just looked different. It was with the community of girlfriends. It was when I coached track. It was with those fifth grade girls in Sunday school class. It was when I was leading a team at church. And so that was a good lesson for me. And I think that's helped me now to be able to inspire women to know that your voice matters right where you are. So good. Do you want to talk more to that topic of voice? Is that something that I am very passionate about myself? And I feel like there's a lot of confusion around that. Like, what is even my voice, you know, and finding my voice. And I love that you just highlighted that it was just a different medium that you're using your Mm -hmm. voice in. Like, it's still your voice, even if it's in the walls of my own home, you know, having a heart heart conversation with my 13-year-old daughter the only her and I in the Lord here (laughs) versus when we're doing this right now, you know, so speak a little bit to that. You know, I think there's this idea there, there's this idea like, Oh, you know, come to our table. You have a seat at our table. And I really think that we're all invited to this table already. Like we all have the opportunity to use our voices right where we are. I mean, we think of, if we think of women in the Bible, we think of, you know, Esther who, who goes before the King and uses her voice and she used it right where she was in the situation that she was in. There's, you know, a, there's other women in the Bible that we see that have done this. There's these this girl these girls in numbers. I will butcher their names, and so I'm not going to say them. But at these daughters, and they were doing the census, and they were giving out land. And these daughters' dad had died. 
they had no relative of theirs that could get the land. And so they petitioned. And in that day, you didn't just show up at Moses. They petitioned all these people and they got to Moses and they said, we think that we should get this land. And he petitioned the father and God said, yes. And I'm like, these women use their voice to stand up for something that was wrong in a day and age where that wouldn't have been common. It wouldn't have been accepted. And we barely see their names in the Bible, but we see that they used it right where they were. And so I, I want myself as a reminder, you all, everyone's listening is to know that your ideas, your passions, your convictions, the things you believe, your ideas, they matter. And you don't have to get a quote unquote platform to use them. Mm. That God has surrounded you with people who are ready to be led by you, who are ready to be influenced by you. One of my like, you would say like, okay, well, Jamie, you have a lot of followers on Instagram and you have a podcast and a book. So I'm sure that's, that's great. But you know what? Some of my favorite people that I get to share my voice with, there's a woman here in my town and she doesn't know Jesus. And she comes to me and she asks me all these questions all the time. Do you know that's like my greatest thing that I get to do? Yeah. And so- so some people they be like, well, that's what I do all the time. I want to do what you do. And I'm like, but I want you to use your voice wherever people yes, are listening. Wherever yes. they're listening, your voice matters. Mm, preach it, preach it, preach it. <laughs> that is it's also a character test, I feel like. You know, I've I've prayed a prayer, I don't know for how long, but the Lord would only enlarge my territory as much as my character could handle it. Because I mean, really, if you think about it, if I'm not willing to use my voice to go encourage somebody who doesn't know the Lord one on one. Why would God position me in front of thousands? Yeah. You know, like, I mean, yeah. there's like, I, it's being faithful in the little, you know, he's totally. faithful with little, will be faithful with much. And yeah. and I'm the same way. I have a, some, I've had those kinds of conversations and, and it is, it's just, it's neat to see the doors that the Lord opens and that, you know, he can only, he positions each of us exactly where he knows our type of voice. I even think about, um, sorry, I'm now chasing rabbit trails here, but I even think about, you know, back to that whole thing when we're doing something similar in the same lane of how, have you ever listened to somebody and just the sound of their voice kind of annoyed, annoyed you, you know, like you're like, huh, I don't know why, but, or, or maybe the way they said something or their, their accent. I've heard that kind of feedback on like podcast stuff and, yeah. it, and it makes me think, huh, even the sound of somebody's voice is unique. God knew like. He, that that this particular person needs you to have this kind of accent and you know that so that they can receive whatever it is I'm going to say so yeah total yeah. rabbit trail there but <laughs> it's crazy God is like it, and to think that he already knows and knew where you're going to be who you're going to be surrounded by that stuff just makes my mind kind of blow like oh wow this is crazy like you you've already planned these steps of mine and yeah. so I'm just going to be faithful to walk in them yeah yeah. Okay. So I'm going to shift gears just a tiny bit. Again, another really good book related question. You talk about, let me ask, just phrase it this way. So what do Adam and Eve have in common with today's social media slash selfie pandemic? I yeah. want to hear more about that. <laughs> you know, I, I think about Adam and Eve and we see that they're set in the Garden of Eden and everything is perfect, which the only thing I've ever possibly quite even been remotely to thought about this was I was on a safari once in Kenya and it, it, it's the weirdest thing because it felt like I was in the movie of Lion King. You just look around and everything works together and it's perfect and there's a giraffe and there's a hippo. I don't know. It just reminded me like, oh, this is what it might be like one day. But we see Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden and God tells them, you know, there's one thing, just one thing and it's this, this tree. 
and the tree was good to their sight. It was not like it was like this like scary tree that you look at it, you're like, oh, I don't want to get close to that. And we know the story. I mean, we know what happened is Satan convinced Eve that God was holding out on her and that she deserved and should have the fruit from that tree. And I think sometimes we think and we look around and feel like God's holding out on us mm. because we look at good things, good gifts, good people, good Instagram filters, and think they have everything. And I think I need what they have. And, you know, it's, it could be a stretch. There could be like a theological person that's like, Jamie, you should stop talking about that. But I do see it a little bit of going, man, but that's not for me to consume. That's not for me to have. God has me over here doing what I'm supposed to be doing. And what she's doing is amazing, but it's not mine and it's not bad. You know, it's good. So I think there's just this idea that we want what everyone has, that it's not ours. And maybe quite possibly it's never meant to be ours. Mm. And I think that's where it gets difficult is to come to the conclusion of I'm not going to be as good as somebody else in this area. And maybe that's okay. You know, maybe I'm not supposed to be her because I'm supposed to be me. And I think it just goes back to that temptation that Satan's just tempting us with all, all the time of you want what she has. You deserve what she has. Your life is not as good. If it was like that, you would have a better life. You'd be happier. You'd be more content. Your husband would love you more. Your kids would love you more. You'd get a better job. You'd get a raise, all the things. And I think we're searching for things that can't actually fulfill those in us. Yeah. Oh, this is so, so good. Uh, that just really resonates with me too, because it's just easy to get on that trail of even like taking courses and learning from people. And like you, you were talking about in the beginning of, of our talk here of, man, if I just do these steps, then I'll be successful. And I don't know about you, but I found sometimes the more I listen to all the experts, and I mean this very well, because I really do believe in great coaching and all kinds. Like I've learned, I do too, 100%. I've, I've learned a lot from other people, but I've also learned, I also need to know when I need to just pull back and listen to God for me. You know? I sometimes that, I lose it, you know? <laughs> that is so true. And I feel like when I'm having the conversations about the book, I, I say this so often is success is not a bad thing. Mm -hmm. I want to be successful. I really do. And so what do I need to do to better myself? Do I need to read a book? Do I need a better microphone? Do I need to go to counseling to help me with parenting? Do I need to, whatever it might be. So it's not necessarily bad, but where it gets difficult is where we think, well, I'm not good enough. So I need to be more like her. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I've learned a lot from classes on how to create funnels and how to handle email better and all those things. And those are good things that are helpful for me. But what I don't want to learn from someone is if you do these five steps, you'll be just like me and you'll be successful like me. Yeah. Because, well, I don't know that I'll ever be successful like you. Yeah. And that should throw up a little bit of a red flag because like you said, I don't want to copycat you. I don't, no. we, don't, we don't need another Jamie. I, like I've heard that say mm -hmm. somebody say that before, like meaning people say, oh, you're the next Beth Moore. Like, no, I don't want to be the next Beth Moore. There's one right. of her, you know, and there's one yeah. of me and really mm -hmm. just understanding that we can learn things from each other. But our goal should never be to just be like that exactly like that person. So exactly. That's yeah. so good. One more quick question about the social media thing, because you kind of touched on this a bit about the comparison or, you know, looking at and thinking, well, I want that for myself. How, what are some practical ways? Because I know so many people, we are just embedded with social media and I, I feel like I kind of have a love hate with it. Because on one hand, I love that it's a powerful tool and man, it's just used for so much good, 
But at the same time, it can also be like suck you in and in a not healthy way. Do you have any practical tips for that? You know, I mean, we're recording this on a Thursday earlier in the week. I just felt this tension of, man, I feel like I'm just I'm reaching for my phone too much. Mm -hmm. I'm on it too much. And so Sunday afternoon, I was like, I'm going to delete the app. And I planned on going all week and I'm not beating myself up because I didn't because I needed to do something, whatever. I'm I'm. I'm fine with it. But Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, I was like, I'm not going to, I'm taking off my phone. Yeah. And I do a lot of work stuff on social media. And so sometimes I start to believe the lie that I can't. Yeah. And that's a lie because yes, I can, because my soul is more important than me sharing you my latest <laughs> podcast episode. So for me, it's sometimes of, I just need to take a break. And I know people talk about that often, and I think it's a really good thing. I, I know some people that take their phone off every day for, I mean, every weekend, you know? And so take a break, give yourself that space. Also, you know, I say this all the time is that I have unfollowed people and I've unfollowed people that I know because I don't really believe that it, I, I, this is what I think. If you're struggling with jealousy, envy, comparison of someone you follow online, it's not their fault. Yeah. Like it's really not their fault because we need to take ownership for our own things that we're going through. Like I can't put blame on someone else for making me feel jealous of them because it's, you know what I could do? I can unfollow them. Yeah. Or I could mute them. You know, I can just take that temptation away. And I've done that with people I know in real life for seasons. And so just know that you have ownership over your Instagram and over your social media. They don't let it have ownership over you. Mm -hmm. So if you feel like I have to check Facebook every day, well, I mean, and again, there's work stuff. I, I clearly understand that. But make sure that you're owning your time with social media and it's not owning you. Bring some girlfriends into that. Like, Say, I'm going to screenshot you my, you know, our phones, they tell us how many hours we spend on them. Yeah. Say, I'm going to screenshot that and send it to you every weekend. And then I want you to speak into that. I've never done that before. In fact, I've never even thought about that. And that might be rough right there <laughs> to have some friends be like, whoa, you need to get off your phone. Yeah. <laughs> but maybe that, you know? Yeah. Talk about accountability. Woo. Yeah. Yeah. I get it to where after, on Instagram, it kicks me out after, I think I, I don't know what time limit I have on there. And then I have to override it to get back in. And then that's like major gut, like, oh, I know. Do I, I know. really need to be, do I really want to override my that thing. did that <laughs> and only her husband knew the passcode. Oh, wow. So, because I've done that before and you know, <laughs> I just put, I just override it. Yeah. Okay. That's fine. I need five more minutes. Yeah. But she only, her husband had it and he was a stickler about it. And he was like, Nope, not till tomorrow. And I was like, Oh, oh my gosh. What a good husband to stick to it though. I need to do that. My husband would for sure stick to it. <laughs> Mine would too. Oh, that's awesome. Oh, this conversation has been so good. Okay. So we're kind of coming towards the end and I of course have a million more questions for you. So let's see which one I want to do the most. One more thing I would love to ask you, what's the difference between our ultimate and our unique calling? This is good because myself and so many people I've heard before be like, what's my calling on life? Like, what am I supposed to do? And I think there's nothing wrong with asking that. Like, because at the core of that, we're saying, God, I'm here. I'm here to do what you want me to do. I just need you to tell me what it is. And so I believe that as if you're a Christ follower, if you call yourself a Christian, that we have this ultimate calling on our life to make God known and bring him glory. And I remember when I started hearing that and thinking about that more, it kind of made me kind of have this like outward sigh, like, oh, okay, like I can do that. I can do that with the areas where God's placed me, whether that's my job or my marriage or my parenting or my community, my church. Okay, so here's my ultimate calling. Make him known and give him glory. And then underneath that, it, it kind of turns into like, 
where are the places that there's need in your city or in your community or in your family? When you look back and go like, here's how I'm gifted and talented and now there's this job opening and I take it. Well, maybe my calling now is that. Or you are at church and you hear an organization talk about a need for people to go into the local county jail and serve the women and you show up and next thing you know, you're 10 years in and you're like, this is my calling. I'm here to serve these women at this prison. And so I think just it's it's exploring it's getting uncomfortable. It's trying new opportunities, letting God open doors, meeting people. I mean, we say like networking all the time, but really what we're talking about is just like meeting people and they're going to say things like, man, we're having such a shortage of people working at our food pantry this late lately. And you're like, I have time. I could work at a food pantry on Fridays. And next thing you know, you're working at a food pantry on Fridays and you feel so fulfilled and you are making God known and giving him glory everywhere you're going. And so I want us to not overthink it. Mm, mm-hmm. And I think that is my problem sometimes. And other women's problems is they think, okay. And also they'll be like, I need to know my calling in life by like 22. And I'm like, 22, I'm still trying to figure out how to pay my electric bill here. You know, I'm trying to be an adult. Also just to know, like, just take your time one step at a time. Do the ministry that's in front of you and see how God starts to open up doors. Uh, I love how simply you put that. And I even love that you mentioned that, you know, maybe one season you have time and then the next season you have resources, you know, like I feel like seasons so change true. too. Like yep. I might have time and, you know, so I just love that. Yeah. That's how yeah. simply you put that. Yeah. When yeah. I had little kids, there was an opportunity to serve at uh, a low income high school and we were serving teen moms. And so they let us moms bring our kids, you know? And so I'm like, well, there so was good. an opportunity. Yeah. I didn't have childcare. I needed something I could take my kids with me to. And so that worked out for me in that season. It's yeah. just, that's the, I love that so much too. Is like, sometimes you have this time, sometimes you have resources and you just go with it and offer them open-handed to the Lord. Yeah. I love that. Uh, so you are coming into, you know, at, as, as this recording releases, you are launching your second book. And I would love to know, first of all, tell the listeners where they can find the book, where they can get resources. But also, I'd love to know how we can support you. I'm all about, like, let's all get the word out about your book and your podcast and everything you're doing. You're so kind. The book called UBU, you can get it Amazon, anywhere you buy books these days, which by the time this comes out, who knows what that's going to look like, but (laughs) wherever you can get a book, you'll be able to find it. I've mentioned Instagram a lot and I love Instagram. It's like, I'm like you, I like love it and hate it. I love, but I love it mostly. Yeah. You can find me there. I'm at Jamie Ivy. And then we have this really cool deal that we're doing right now that we want to send you a freebie, a free printable and tell you more information and just get to know you over text. So if you text, you can do it now. Three, three, seven, 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 text the word friend. So that's friend, lowercase, uppercase, doesn't matter, 33777. And I'm going to send you a free printable and tell you more about the book. Yay. And all of those links that she just mentioned will be in today's show notes. So no worries if you're driving or whatever. Don't don't drive in text, Don't do it now. Yes. (laughs) All right, Jamie, as we wrap up, is there any final word of encouragement that if you were sitting across the table from one of these ladies who's going to get to read this book, what would you say to them? Man, I would just say that you have been created with a purpose. You have been given gifts and talents and resources. You've been placed where you are placed for a purpose. And I want you to trust God's word about that and know that he has desires for you to be the person he's created you to be. And you can't go wrong with that. Oh, I love it. I received that myself. Thank you. Good. You're very welcome. (laughs) Thank you. Well, Jamie, thank you again for taking time to come on. I cannot wait to release this show to the listeners. Thank you so much. Wasn't that a fun conversation with Jamie? Be sure to grab a copy of her latest book, You Be You. 
Don't forget to sign up for Joymail, that monthly newsletter that's sure to bring some extra joy to your inbox. To be on that VIP list, simply text the phrase Real Talk Giveaway to the number 44222 right there on your cell phone, or you can sign up directly on my website at rachelgilbert.com. All right, friends, that's all that we have for today. I pray this episode brought you one step closer to getting real, living free, and pursuing your God-given dreams. I'll see you back here next time on Real Talk with Rachel.